We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. How do we process scary world news? And then why is repentance essential to our faith? You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, friends, welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us on a Thursday afternoon. Aubrey, it's Thursday. It's it's, it's Thursday. just Thursday. How are you today? It's Thursday. Yes. Uh, I'm grand. How are you, sir? You're grand. I'm, gonna uh, start I'm good. I'm speaking very formally to you. I'm going to call you sir. I'm going to use words like grand. Finally. That's going to make Thursday. That's going to make Thursday a little more whimsical. We're going we're to play a game called Formal Thursday. That's what we're going to become now <laughs> here on the Common Good. Uh, Aubrey, I was telling you um, every now and then you're like, oh, my kids are getting older now. I got a picture from my daughter at college yesterday for getting a tattoo. I don't know if I'm supposed to share that, but that made me look at my life. Say, oh, you shared that with the world just now. Okay. Did that makes me look. At, it makes me look at my life and go, she has fo- she has flown the nest. <laughs> wow. She didn't even ask your permission. She just went for it and paid. She doesn't for need herself. to. Nineteen wow. years old, right? But wow. Uh, so that's, that's where exactly. I'm at today. Like, uh, you know, another time where, you know, they used to. We're, we're only, you know, fifteen years ago. The, the girl had to ask me for everything at every moment, and now it's like, have fun. There you I'm go. So go get a tattoo. Did she pay for that with her own money, or did dad pack? Did dad's uh, allowance pay for that? Oh, no, dad did not. Okay, okay, <laughs> dad <okay>. was unaware <laughs> completely. Okay, okay. So uh, anyway, yeah, another another just kind of fun fun thing of wow. life moving forward wow. at, at rapid do paces. Any, do you have any feelings about it? Like, oh, I wish she wouldn't have. Or are you just no, like, whatever? No, I'm okay, thrilled for her. Yeah. She's having fun. Yeah. It was it yeah. was fun, and uh, yeah, all good, all good. So okay, uh, cool. but it is another. It is. It's one of those where you're like, oh, okay, kids are getting older and they're. They're doing wow. their thing. They're they that are their is. own people, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and we're gonna laugh about this. So uh, I have no desire. You have tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. I do have a few tattoos. I don't know. I I don't have any desire to. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's like the secret fundamentalist in me, or it's just a lack of I don't desire pain, or I like I don't just don't like them too. Like and that's okay. You know, it is obviously permanent, so you can't go back. I mean, unless you got like laser surgery or something. But like, but you said it's yeah, not all that painful, right? I don't find tattoos painful. I have I haven't gotten them in super like tender spots, so that mm. might be part of it. And I'm just super tough in general. So, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, I know there are some places that are like my husband has one on his like underarm, I don't yeah, know, like the bottom of his bicep. And even all the tattoo artists were like, "Oh, I can't believe you're getting a tattoo there," because apparently that's really tender. And he said he felt it. Like he was like, "Oh, oh I felt that." Is that um, his his I heart Aubrey tattoo? Is yeah, that the obviously. one that one is? Okay. I heart mom, I heart Aubrey. Can I? <laughs> this is going to sound maybe sadistic, so like I might need to unpack this in a therapist's office. But my tattoos have always been after someone close to me passed away, oh. and so there has been something. A li- I, this is going to sound weird. 
I'm going to say it out loud, though. I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. There's something therapeutic about the pain. Like, there's something that kind of, like, matches the grief. I get that it. I don't, that I don't mind, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to go looking for it. Like, I'll be clear about that. But, like... It, it like felt right. So two know. things there that totally makes sense. And you should probably okay. get a therapist to unpack yeah, that with I you. Need, I, need some help. I need some help. That can go dark for some people. I realize I'm not there. I'm just saying specifically in these scenarios. It's also our next tagline. The common good. Go talk to a therapist. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of pain, speaking of fear, oh, whatever way we can jump this. I was watching the news and my, my youngest daughter was in the room the other day. And they started talking about um, our deteriorating relationship with Vladimir Putin. So I'm jumping big here. Okay. Wow. So just yesterday, uh, Vladimir Putin vows to strengthen Russia's nuclear forces after suspending role in a key treaty. That treaty with America, with the United States, basically says, if we're going to test nuclear weapons, we're going to tell you about it. Right. Basically is what it is. So he's talking tough. He's talking tough. You read things of North Korea or other people firing off missiles. Uh, President Biden, in response to Putin, said something like, this is a big mistake. Yeah. I'm not at all suggesting that we're on the brink of nuclear war. But any time that leaders start talking this way and acting this way, it's scary. It's kind of like, what? scary and i had i had my daughter's 13 years old like she knows what's going on in the world i still had the inclination of like changing the channel or turning Mm -hmm. it down like not wanting her to see this um which is silly they're talking about these things in school they're doing all these things also a dad's protective instinct i understand that too so to people who i'm not going to ask you for your geopolitical uh ideas of what putin's doing but what i am going to ask you is scary things in the news like global things like i'm not even talking about like you know there was this one incident in our right no i'm talking like global this is things it's not out of i'm not suggesting this is going to happen but you could see a pathway where this is like cataclysmic beyond anything you've ever imagined for a lot of people that probably induces a lot of fear so uh we we talk about evil and hard times how do we as christians how about global evil global hard times how do we as christians process that think about that what do you do with that yeah, there's actually someone in my life, a family member, who gets very anxious about this kind of news and will often send me news and will often be like up at night, unable to sleep. I tend just not to have that type of um, anxious response uh, to a lot in life. And I just think that's how I'm built and the grace of God. Like, so mm. I, I can't. I can't be like, oh, it's because my faith is so strong. I think it's a little (laughs) bit of wiring. That said, I do think like in those kinds of situations that are scary, like I'm willing to say that is scary. It's not going to keep me up at night because I know I can't control it, but I am going to go, okay, that's scary. I do think like this is where the anchor of our faith really does matter. Like there are things Mm. we have to sort of go, okay, I am putting my trust and my hope in God is good. Even if something terrible happens, God has the final say. I will be with Jesus and my loved ones will be with Jesus, even if the worst possible thing happens. And I trust that God has power over this Mm. and God is sovereign. Like, it's like you have to put your faith in the anchors. And then and then I think from the anchored place, 
you can let yourself kind of go, ooh, but this is really scary. God, why doesn't it seem like you're working? Ooh, but what if Putin has more power than I think he does? God, what if you don't stop it? Then what? Ooh, like it's like you allow yourself to ask all the hard questions you want to ask about evil, but from that anchored place, like you're tethered to that anchor place and you move outward connected to the tether. I think once you untether from the truth of God's character and the storyline of the gospel, you that can get really dark, really anxiety uh uh, building yeah. really like fearful and, and God doesn't want us to live like that. What do you yeah. think, Brian? I, I think you're right on. I, I do think that I, I, I like that you said, what's the worst that could happen? Like sometimes that's healthy to go. Yeah. yeah. What if all my fears came true here, what's the worst that could happen? Okay. Uh, this world kind of goes, but I've, I've yeah. got, you know, I've got eternity with Christ to look forward yeah. to. And right. then I think it is a, it's a perspective shift or not even a shift. It's a reminder that says, I'm not promised good in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know throughout all of history, there have been leaders who have been evil, who have done yeah. evil things. But guess yeah. what? That's never done. Those leaders have never defeated Jesus to use that kind of language. Jesus is yeah. still he was on the throne during the Roman government uh, and all their stuff. He was yeah. he was on the throne when Hitler was doing his thing. Yes. He's on the throne yeah. now and yes. uh, he's present. But we can also look forward to. Putin's not going to ultimately win. Hitler didn't right. ultimately win right. all of these things. So I do think it's important to tell people you could feel fear, but I don't think that needs to paralyze us as we read these That's things. Right. Uh, we could go about realizing what's ultimate. So I thought I about think that. To yeah. Remember too, like, like part of part of Jesus being on the throne means like. Putin's going to have to stand before him and like, mm. woe to Putin to <laughs> yeah. standing before the Lord. You know what I mean? So like, I think some sense of justice can rise up. Righteousness can rise up in us as well when we go, well, God's going to deal with him. That's good. You know? That's good. That that verse in uh, that that verse in uh, the, the book of Luke, right? Woe to you, Pharisees. Woe to you, this. Woe to you, Putin. <laughs> I think it's right there. <laughs> ah, well, that's good. That's good. Because I did see this today and I was like, gosh, I didn't know it was like that. That's Woo! now you're talking nuclear weapons, and That's I'm like, ah, yeah. okay. Uh, like to believe that I like not even know about it, and so, uh, but we could trust. We could trust that our God is more powerful, and He is in control. Well, coming up next, uh, we couldn't be more excited about the movie coming out yeah, tomorrow, so Jesus Revolution. Uh, a lot of people talking about this movie. A lot of people excited for this movie, and so we are thrilled to be joined uh, by one of the co-directors of Jesus Revolution, Brent. McCorkle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today. And Aubrey, uh, we couldn't be more excited about the movie coming out tomorrow. Jesus Revolution. Uh, A lot of people talking about this movie. A lot of people excited for this movie. And so we are thrilled to be joined uh, by one of the co-directors of Jesus Revolution, Brent McCorkle. Brent, how are you doing today, bud? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Before we talk about the movie, what's it like that it's coming out tomorrow? Is this like having a kid? Like, what is going on in your soul right now? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, similar analog to a kid. For me, it's more like your kid's first day of kindergarten. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Yeah, you spent time with them. You've you've raised them. You've you know taught it uh, taught your kid the best morals and and uh, you know poured everything you can. But man, at some point they they leave you. I'll never forget. 
it was a hard day for me. I took my little daughter, she was a small frame little kid, but I took her to kindergarten and she walked up and I, I was already heartbroken, but she didn't have <laughs> enough strength to open the door of the school. Oh! And man, I, I lost it. And, you know, a teacher ultimately came and let her in. But, um, but man, you know, uh, it's got to, this movie, she's got to go out there and find yeah. her own life and, and yeah. you know, have the struggles and, and, uh, but hopefully make a lot of friends along the way and find <laughs> the purpose and the meaning and, you know, all that. So yeah, for me, it's, letting your kid go you know out into the world that is such a great such a great metaphor i love that well okay brent so for people who don't know people who don't actually know about the jesus revolution that happened but then the movie jesus revolution tell us what's it about give us the background yeah so in in the 60s it's just a desperate, terrible time for America and really for the world. A lot of people thought the world was ending, honestly. I mean, you had uh, you had the Vietnam War. You had the rise of the Cold War. You had multiple assassinations. You had America's own uh, state troopers gun down uh, student protesters at Kent State. You had the countercultural movement. You had the civil rights movement. Uh, it, it was... Um, not only was it a really dark time, you had all this division, you know, um, around Vietnam and and uh, just where the country was going at large, and um, a lot of a lot of comparisons and analogs to today. Honestly, just mm-hmm. so much division mm-hmm. and strife and hate, uh, mm-hmm. people not seeing eye to eye, people screaming at each other in the streets. Um, wow! And uh, honestly, man, there was just so much despair and despondency. Um, so in the middle of all this. The hippies ejected out of culture and created the countercultural movement, you know, uh, rock and roll and and free love and LSD. And, you know, they just they rejected categorically the direction that their parents took with it. And rightfully so. It was it gotten really, really material and very plastic. And it was, uh, you know, that's that's where the phrase keeping up with the Joneses came up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where it came from. Um, and the kids were like, yeah, we just don't, mom and dad, we just don't want your life. We just don't want this. So wow. a lot of kids ran away. Um, the hippie movement, I actually think could have been sustainable, but what happened was there were a lot of real hippies and then there were just a lot of kids that ran away from home and they all yeah. went to San Francisco and they crashed the entire city. Yeah. There was like more population in San Francisco than the actual city itself could handle. And they crashed the entire. Wow. No place. way. Like the infrastructure of the city. Yeah. Wow. That's really the fastest thing that ended the hippie movement. Um, huh. was all the mm. teenage runaways kind of want to be hippies, you know, um, <laughs> but it was very sad, man. I watched a bunch of documentaries and like parents would go up to San Francisco, like their kids dropped out on them. Like they didn't even know if their kids were alive or not. It was, it was a really sad mm-hmm. time. There was a, some archive I watched where people had put posters. Like, have you seen my child? You know, and it was, it was a very oh, wow. dark, dark time in America. Um, yeah. But yeah. in the middle of all this, the hippies hit a wall because there's this intangible thing that we're all searching for. Um, and they were looking for it in a lot of different places. And, um, uh, they actually returned back to spirituality and, and some would argue as my co-director would, that, that it was a quest for spirituality and God and meaning all along. And they were just trying mm. all these different things. Hmm. Well, yeah, kind of on wow. a dare in Southern California in 1969, uh, this hippie street preacher dares this conservative, uh, white, uh, very you know moralist 
pastor to open up his door to these hippies. And at the time, the hippies were scorned. I mean, we have Reagan on tape just trashing the hippies. Like, you know, they were just not... They wow. Were not, um, they were not appreciated in society at all. They were viewed as a scourge wow. of society. So for Come Chuck on. Smith, the pastor of Calvary in Southern California, to open up his door to these kids that were maligned and written off as losers was a huge step. It was huge. It was huge. And he didn't mm -hmm. really want to do it, but he, he became convicted and ultimately opened up his doors to these hippies and these disparate groups of people come together under the banner of Christian wow. love and inclusion, unity, wow. belonging, compassion, empathy, you know, a lot of the things I believe are the core tenets of Christian faith. Um, and they find a way to make it work. So with Chuck's mm -hmm. obedience, letting the hippies in, but the hippies also bring in the love and the peace yeah. and the freedom. Yeah. And the right. Uh, right. And together they kind mm -hmm. of made this beautiful new gumbo, <laughs> you know, Christianity yeah. <laughs> never really existed before. And, uh, wow. and obviously a lot of comedy ensues and a lot of heartfelt moments in our movie just, it has something for everybody. And, um, that's awesome. It's crafted with a lot of love. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people of faith that worked on this film, but but we had people from all walks of life on it. And man, we just—I don't know—it was uh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever worked on, and the vibe was so great on set, and everybody showed up mm. to work so hard. But um, but beyond that, it was a beautiful, beautiful uh, manifestation of love in this time of hate. And I really, yeah. I do hope this movie is a callback to the simplicity of the love of God, which I believe in firmly. There's a, there's a love out there that doesn't have to exist for the universe to work, mm -hmm. but, but it is. And it's like the highest form of spiritual power out there. Wow. And, um, wow. So yeah, we're just, it's a callback to that. It's a return to that. And, awesome. and we get for a few moments, we get to see uh, these people that you wouldn't expect to find love for each other actually do in That's a church, so cool. you know, of all places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. People out there know the name Greg Laurie. Obviously, if you listen to this station, he plays a major role in this. Uh, Chuck Smith. Uh, here's the $64,000 question, right? You brought it up. One of the overarching things as you watch this movie is probably also a longing to see these kinds of things happen now. Do you leave this movie going, yeah, that could happen now? It would look different, but this type of coming together could happen now. Does this leave you hopeful? I am hopeful for it. I am hopeful. Um, it will take Christian leaders and Christian thought leaders, I think, to actually look at our movie and go, ow, this really hurts because I'm not I'm not carrying myself on the earth like Chuck did in this moment. Mm. So I'm have to go home and completely rebuild and rethink how I do church and, mm. and how I'm building my spiritual community or not building it, honestly. Mm. Because a lot of people are gonna look at the movie and go, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. But the problem with that is um it is what needs to happen, but it's going to take people doing unprecedented things to open up their church to marginalized mm -hmm. groups like Chuck wow. did. So, uh, wow. so but if, if enough people woke up to that and, and the next morning and said, all right, let's go, God, I'm, I'm in your hands. I'm yielded to you. I surrendered. What do you want me to do? What are the people that, who are the people that um, don't feel invited, 
uh, feel mm. scorned by society, and I'm going to go after those mm. guys. Um, I, I always have a couple yeah. points up. Man, it's crazy. It's really sharpened me. Uh, I'm a pastor's kid. You know, I'm not a preacher. Mm. It's really sharpened me in a, a lot of my thought process. But, but if you think about Jesus, Jesus grew up in a hyper-religious time, and he was considered a rabbi or a teacher. But we wouldn't have the Christian yeah. faith. We wouldn't even know who Jesus was if he had stayed in the church as a rabbi and just taught like mm. everybody else was doing. But he did mm. the most radical thing. Like his ministry was outside the church, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. he was so criticized yeah. and maligned yeah. for even the people he hung out with, even the people he talked to. And yet that was the yeah. beauty of what he did in this hyper-religious time. Mm. And um, so, mm. yeah, man, for me, it's like a return to form of even the model that Jesus taught us wow. to go after he's like hey this is how you should pray and i think without yeah. saying it like this is how you should operate as my followers and, and absolutely uh, so to, to the long-winded answer is yes it can happen yeah. but it's going to take <laughs> unprecedented effort and a rethinking of mm. of um the love uh, of god and just even the like the construct of church and how ch the church yeah. operates in the in the yeah yeah yeah, Brian and I are both pastors, Brent. So this is a very interesting conversation for us. Yeah. What does it mean for us as leaders? And what does it mean for us to move differently, you know, or to embrace things that Jesus has called us to embrace people Jesus has called us to? Yes. Um, okay. It's I don't know if you can comment on this, but I do just want to ask you. It's interesting to me that the movie's coming out as this Asbury revival is sort of I don't want to say winding down, but, you know. Uh, any thoughts on that? Like, are, have you been paying attention to what's going on there? And has making this film given you any perspective on that? I think revivals are good. I, I had a personal revival working on this movie um, mm. for sure. But um, I'm personally looking for the revolution. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, nice. <laughs> for me, it's really weird. And, you know, and I don't mean to be cynical or skeptical at all, but like, I think, um, man, I, I think revival is good because it makes you stop, you know, and it, it does revive you or it wakes up a slumbering, you know, if the church yeah. is slumbering, it wakes up a slumbering giant or those kind of things. But, but yeah. at the same time, you know, um, I think there's, I think we have a long way to go and, 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 you know, I, I say this in some of my interviews too, consider the word sanctuary, you know, back in the day, mm -hmm. that was a beautiful term, you know, like, uh, yeah. if, if there was someplace, somebody that needed a safe space, they would think I need to yeah. go to the church. Uh, yeah. Wow. The church, the church is a sanctuary. It's a safe space for me. But man, if you talk to mm. a lot of these kids today and say, write the, write the 10 places where you would feel safe if, if the bottom dropped out of your life, man, I, a lot of these right. not write the church on their top 10 list. So yeah. I, I think to me, the revival, um, in my, in my approximation, right. And I'm just a human being. I'm just one human. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but my, my heart and my feeling is, I think that the revival that would last or the revolution would be us getting back to this idea and actually fasting about it and praying about it and mm. saying, God, God, make us a sanctuary again mm. in this culture. And um, I think that would be the longevity or that would be the revolution. Uh, yeah. Right. 
But dude, revivals. I'm not. I, I'm never gonna trash a revival. I mean, those are people. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. You know, we're too busy, man. We're capitalists, yeah. and we're um, yeah. we're grinding for our money all the time, yeah. me included. Yeah. And these are people yeah. stopping, going. Ah, is this what this is really about? Or yeah. No, I actually need to spend time with God. I need to return to God and and mm. spend time pursuing that and so that's always that's always a good move because most of us are are like spiritually dysregulated you know like we don't totally. we don't spend totally. the time yeah. in touch with our soul with our heart with our spirit yeah and, um, and so i think i yeah. i think man just this stopping of life to pursue god and be with god man that's always going to be good yeah that's always going to be good yeah but yeah. i think you know what the movie's speaking to i think um is more of a it really is, you know, what time, time coined the phrase, but really is, you know, I think we need a Jesus revolution. I think mm. we need to return right. back to form. We need to awesome. spend time with Christ, but not only with him, but looking at his model he laid down for us yeah. and be like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be more like that tomorrow. Yeah. That's a great word. That's a great yeah, word. That is Brent, awesome. uh, I'm sure you get this uh, when there's quote unquote Jesus movies, they, they have like people think they're lesser, right? There's there's lesser. And that's why one of the reasons I find this movie fascinating. I've seen some trailers and I'm like, no, that's just a good movie. Yeah, like, like It, it just looks, looks like a good movie. Right. But with that in mind, how important was it? People may not know. Kelsey Grammer is the, the main one of the main guys or the main person in this. Uh, yeah. How did that come about? And how important was it to get somebody, you know, that everybody knows to be a part of this movie well i knew it was going to be a, a pleasure and an honor to work with him i didn't realize how much of a national treasure he was like when he like i mean people yeah. love him he walked out on jimmy fallon they gave him a standing ovation before come he on really yeah wow. I mean, he's like beloved you know in our in our society yeah and, that's uh, true like in culture he amazing. is yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that was, that's just amazing. Um, but, uh, just, a just a wonderful human being. Um, I mean, he's won five Emmys. He's been acting longer than I've been alive. He could have come <laughs> in and thrown his weight around and been yeah. a terrible, yeah. terrible, insufferable person. We have, would have had to deal with it, but it's just the opposite. He's just oh, one of the most humble, gentle, kind human beings. Um, and, uh, man, just to see him do his press has been moving us uh, deeply, but no, mm. he's, um, He's going through a deep spiritual time right now, and I inherited him in this deep. I found myself wanting to be around him more in between takes. Man, he just carries this peace and this beautiful presence. Wow. Huh. Where he goes, comes in the room. So he's a big actor, right? So he's got the gravitas and he's got right. the sure. things that he does. But and he was funny and made up, you know, stuff on set that made the script funnier. I mean, he was just amazing. But uh, beyond that what he did was spiritually deep and authentic and vulnerable and you just feel it. And I mean, it, 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 some, his performance is going to change people's lives. I, That's awesome. Wow. So yeah, I think getting him was, uh, was huge. I appreciate you guys shouting out to the quality, like me and John and Andy, the Irwin brothers, but that that's part of our value system is, is we want to do stuff that's competitive with Hollywood. Like, yeah. um, it's, it's fine to, it's fine to like grapple with faith and ask heavy questions and have even a message in your film. That's fine. I mean, uh, Spielberg puts really strong themes and lessons mm -hmm. in his, in his stuff too. Um, mm -hmm. but if you neglect, uh, 
the entertainment value if you neglect the quality. I think that yeah. sells it short. So when you say Jesus yeah. movies it can be perceived as lesser than, I, I, I really feel like that's um, – Sometimes people want to take a, a quick uh, cut through trail and just kind of mm. make a film because mm -hmm. they they have a, a, a view they they espouse and they want to get it out there. But that was that yeah. was me and John and Andy had the opposite takes. Like, man, we better spend our ten thousand hours in That's the great craft and let's be good at what we do. That's great, and then let's yeah, entertain so the heck out of people. And then maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. in all this, you earn the ability to talk about these things that that are important mm. to you, like faith and redemption, renewal forgiveness you know those different things and so yeah um so i'm proud that we we hit hard with our themes for sure but i think i think a couple things i think neglecting to entertain and be good at what you do sells the audience short but it also yeah. um unfortunately delegitimizes the like the That's genre right. of, of faith and so um so yeah man as the movies continue to get better uh, in quality and hopefully this will do really well and a bunch of people will go see it but Hollywood will pay attention because um, yeah. that's right Hollywood is low-hanging fruit to get co-opted into the, the culture war um, right right but, but for me um, I always tell people like Hollywood's God is not the devil I know people like to say that but um, <laughs> but <laughs> God is money you know and once you yeah. figure that out like, oh this is us this is a math problem this is wow. an equation like this is calculus and so once mm. you figure that out, it's like, oh man, uh, if, mm. if we can do something that looks good, that feels good, that people respond to, and and people like, and it, and you know, a bunch of people go see it, and it's it's a box office hit. Hollywood will pay attention to that, and they'll start letting right. more people in the faith genre that are good uh, make make more films. And so, I, I think uh, it's easy to be like, um, oh well, they don't want our movies because. Uh, you know, because we have Jesus and it. it's like, no, dude, your, your movie's bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think it's beautiful because Hollywood has this wonderful bar of quality that I, I love Hollywood movies. I love movies. I, I, I've loved movies since I was a kid and, and, yeah, and I yeah. aspire to that quality, that, that quality and that level that they hold the bar at. Now, uh, the stuff they choose to make sometimes it's, it's, it's like, uh, sometimes their stories aren't great either they don't work and the themes are right. they're shallow or whatever so yeah. i uh, i think there's a place for deep uh, spiritual content in hollywood and if people go see this at the movies especially at a time where the, the theatrical box office is really struggling um yeah, yeah we're gonna have a lot mm. more opportunities uh and and more um high caliber actors will join like kelsey like as yeah. the quality goes up there's a lot of believe it or not yeah. there's a lot of people of faith Potential. all over the world you're right yeah. there's also people of faith in hollywood and i wow. think i think a lot of these guys that are very talented i i think they will come meet us on the battlefield yeah. when they see yeah. that we've achieved like the hollywood yeah. Standard, standard. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. Well, Brent McCorkle, he is one of the co-directors of the Jesus Revolution. It comes out in theaters tomorrow. I cannot encourage you enough to go see this movie. I'm excited to go see it. Uh, get my milk duds, get a nice seat, get ready to go and watch it. Brent, this has been a true joy. Thanks. Good luck with the movie. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Do you pour your milk duds into your popcorn? That's the no. That's, <laughs> no. You keep them. No. 
I don't even get popcorn. I'm a Milk Duds guy. My wife gets the popcorn. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Straight Milk Duds. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, it's been great hanging with you guys. Thanks for spending some time talking to me about the movie. And, uh, man, I really appreciate your time today. All right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow chatting with you from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.